Welcome everyone to the Game Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Schuster, and joining me tonight, as usual, are Jenny Aquino and Mark Myers. Tonight we're going to be discussing our favorite spooky games and reviewing our retro roulette game, Super Smash Bros. Melee, for the Nintendo GameCube. But before we get to all of that, what have you guys been playing? Jen, let's go. Let's start with you. So I've actually been playing a little bit more than, you know, the last few podcasts. Um, obviously, been playing Dead by Daylight. Um, I've been playing a little bit more Mario 64, um, watching Dan do Avengers, and then I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online Ooh, because oh. my, yes, <laughs> lovely cousin, <laughs> Becca, is a huge fan of the game, and I've been watching her stream it, and she suggested that I try it, and everyone knows by now, I'm sure, that I freaking am obsessed with Skyrim. Um, so Elder Scrolls has always been in the back of my mind, like, baby, you want to do it? <laughs> and I'm always like, no, because I quit Warcraft because I had no free time and I can't do it again. So it literally just took me watching one of her streams and her and her friend going, yeah, you should do it. It's awesome. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and of course, it was on sale, which helped. So I downloaded it. My um, my character is shockingly a high elf. No. Uh, I know, right? No way. <laughs> she's a high elf necromancer um i was gonna make a high elf druid like literally zakara from stranger damies and um they the high elves in elder scrolls and you know all those different games they have light colored hair and that bothered me so i'm like nah i'll just i'll just make my own <laughs> new character so <laughs> she's cool i kind of made her look like um i don't know like an innocent white haired I don't even know how to describe it. She just looks like a super innocent, sweet girl, and she's actually like a crazy necromancer. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, cool. But yeah, so far, I forget how many hours I've logged. It, it's not a lot, considering that I have no free time usually anyway. Um, but it's good. It's it's just like, you know, side mission after side mission. It's really all it is. But I have yet to play with her. She is um, level 781 or something out of 810 max something like that <laughs> yeah it was funny she mentioned it on stream and i like freaked out and she's like listen jenny i have no life this is why <laughs> so it's just Ooh. funny so yeah it's 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 fun so you know if anyone's considering playing and you know you've been putting it off you should try it out it's it's a good time um and then i played left for dead 2 which everyone obviously saw on stream if you if you caught that anyway I, and then I've been playing Outlast, which was also done on stream. And that game scares the living shit out of me. Like, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it's just constant running for your life in the dark. It's it's terrifying, but it's really good. So we'll talk more, obviously. As Tom said, we're going to talk about spooky games. So maybe I'll talk more about that later. But um, yeah, I think yeah. that's... And then, oh, obviously, Super Smash Melee. But yeah. that's for later, too. Yeah, and uh, I got a game for you to look up after the stream, uh, Phasmophobia. Oh, I've never seen it, but I, I was, I think when I was doing research, I saw the name pop up. Okay, I'll have to yep. look into it. Yep. Cool, I heard, cool. Yeah, I read someone talking about it. It sounds like it's up your alley. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I think it's only like 14 bucks or something like that. Perfect. How about you, Mark? Yep. So, yeah, so as I said, having Game Pass and all, all the other things, I, uh, this is the time of year, you know, I try to catch up on as many of the smaller games as possible. Um, so still making my way through that. Um, you know, I downloaded Kentucky Route Zero and, uh, you know, but the two main important ones that I've been playing, um, I uh, played some Crusader Kings 3. 
Um, and I took the advice of people that I've seen talk about it, and I'm just basically playing it as if it's, if it's The Sims and not really getting deep into the mechanics of it and just kind of, you know, uh, getting married, having children, and then sort of just choosing random things that pop up on the the uh, the uh, the screen. Like, hey, this mm-hmm. person is trying to kill you. What do you want to do about it? You know, and things about that. So the fun part is that um, I first started the game and like five minutes into it, my uh, uncle um, took away my land and took over the kingdom. Um, <laughs> so within the next five minutes, I hatched the plot to murder him. And then I did that and then I became king again. That took a turn real fast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then I and then I be, I've been king ever since. I've had nice. three wives and seven children. Congratulations! Um, all the wives well died. <laughs> oh. oh, so it wasn't like I cheated on it. Well, no, I technically did cheat on. But um, <laughs> this sounds it, like a Netflix show in the making. I gotta say, <laughs> it it wasn't it wasn't like I uh, I like uh, divorced or killed them to go to the new wives. Um, so, uh, but I did have a couple lovers in there. So, um, right. my kid's kind of an idiot. My oldest kid. Um, the one that's like, going to take over the throne. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good luck. So, but the Somebody funny part is I, I, I started as the kingdom of Sweden. So I had, you know, all of Sweden. And by the time where I'm at in the game now, I'm down to like maybe a quarter of the country oh. is my domain as people oh, have just been taking me over because I'm not really paying attention to the army and stuff like that. <laughs> and all these rebellions because my kid's kind of a moron you keep uh, popping out kids mark you got to focus yeah, exactly uh, <laughs> so i had this one like distant cousin or something that somehow got to be in line with the throne i don't know Uh-oh. how swedish kingdoms work so i tried to hatch a plot to kill him and um to get my son in line and uh it failed oh so oh now not good. i now anytime i try to hatch a plan to do anything against him he's got his guard up not with me just in general Mm-hmm. So I can't do anything to them. But no, it's it's crazy fun. It, you just get stories like this, just playing it. Yeah. It sounds better talking about it than it would be like on a stream. Oh, I was going to say, this sounds like an amazing idea for a stream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could do it and see how it works. But, yeah. you know, it's basically just me clicking menus. So. True. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if if you got somebody along, along for the ride with you, I think uh, yeah. 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 it we might could, work. Out. It, but, we could be your advisors. The, but the main game I've been playing, um, you know, outside of I played FIFA and Madden and all that, and they're fine. You know, FIFA is actually good um, on on PC. Um, I know the Switch version had some controversy with IGN, which um, was pretty funny that it just looked like they copied and pasted the game. So IGN just copied and pasted their review from last year. And gave um, it a lower score. And gave it a lower score, <laughs> you know, which is that's some pettiness that I can get behind. <laughs> um, uh, but no, the game I've been playing a lot of, and I think it'll be my game of the year, is um, I've been playing a whole lot of Hades. Hades is a really good game. Um, it's one of those games that, you know, if you don't have a whole lot of time to do anything, you can do like two or three runs and be good. Um, or so for for everyone listening who don't doesn't know what Hades is, do you want to yeah. give a brief? So it's a... Uh, it's a roguelite uh, run-based game. So essentially, you just keep running the same areas over and over. Um, you 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 start to see your progression go. You also level up weapons and um, little trinkets you get and stuff like that, which helps you, like gives you more max health and things like that. Um, but 
the thing that I love best about it, and most roguelites kind of lose me um, because you don't feel this, but with this game, I felt myself getting better. Like, I at first, um, you start off on Tartarus because you're the son of Hades trying to escape, so you're trying to go through all the levels uh, of the underworld. Um, so you start out in Tartarus, and, you know, I couldn't get past the final boss there. Um, and she kept killing me over and over again. Sometimes I couldn't even get to her. I would die. And eventually I beat her once, uh, you know, and then I went through and now I get through that level with no problem. Like I'm mad if I lose on that level, you know, um, <laughs> yep. going through the second level that felt bad. Then I started to learn it and get it. And then I get through that with no problem. And I'm making it consistently to the third level every run I go on. Um, I think there's only four. I made it up to the fourth one um, only once. Um, but the, the best part about the game is the writing is mind-bogglingly good because I've done 30-something runs and I don't think I've seen a repeated line of dialogue at any point. Um, oh, that's crazy. Interacting with characters. Yeah. It's, like, insane. There was something like uh, Greg Kasavin who wrote the game and voices one of the characters, which you wouldn't even know it was him, um, wrote something like 300,000 lines for the game. Wow. And wow. that was back when it was in early access, so he could have been writing the whole time it was in early access. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. And just the interactions between the characters, they get the gods correct. Like, uh, I think we were talking on Dead by Daylight mm -hmm. that Poseidon is very bro-y. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ares is kind of a psychopath, um, you know. Well, Ares and, is the god of war, or the yeah. god of, yeah. yeah. So yeah, essentially, he just says here, he's like, oh, I've seen you've killed a bunch of people. Good job. Yeah, you know, like Aries that. approves. Yeah, and uh, Aphrodite is practically it is naked, but yeah. the way they have her portrait shown, you know, like her hair covers up, you know, the it's nipple barely. and the it's, way she strategically uh... posed, it's covered. Yeah. You know, there's it's not even like, but yeah, yeah, it's tasteful. But all the guides in their portraits are just unbelievably hot, male, female. You know, um, the only one that. Um, uh, it's kind of um, weird just because of what he is, is, is Charon, the one that travels the souls over the river Styx. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, he looks like a skeletal figure. Um, but everyone else you run into is just, it's just really well done with that. Cerberus is the cutest three-headed monster I've ever seen. Aww. <laughs> he you get the to pedal. Be. Yes. And, As you should. Uh, yeah. Not, you can't really spoil this, but there's one moment in the game and... I don't know how many of our listeners out there are going to be, oh, man, spoilers. But it's not that big of a spoiler. When you get up to the fourth level, you run into Cerberus, which if you know anything about, you know, mythology and all, he's the protector of, like, getting out of the underworld. Um, so you knew you'd run into him. So you run into him, and you get your normal dialogue back and forth. Well, just you, because Cerberus doesn't talk, obviously. Um, uh, it's where you're going, oh, man, I guess ready to fight. Okay, I guess it's going to come down to me and you, bud. Let's do this. And then it cuts away, and then it pops back, and he's like, oh, what am I kidding? What do I got to do to get you to just look the other way? Like, what do you want? I'll get you anything. <laughs> Does he give him a big steak or something? Yeah, he, he's. you go to the left, and you have to go fetch him something, and then he'll let you buy. But, you know, but it was just funny. It was like, you're sitting there going, all right, I got to fight my dog, I guess. Mm. All right, I'm glad they... Fun. Yeah, yeah, good. I'm glad they did. And then do it that. just stops. And I don't know if you still have to fight them, but but it's just funny how they just stop that. <laughs> just yeah, it's pretty go, funny. Hey. Um, 
but the voice acting is real good, and I don't think there's many perf- like known professionals in it. I don't even know if there is one. Um, but you know, Hades is a very sarcastic dick, and it is a, it is great. Um, every time you come back, he's like, ah, good job, boy. <laughs> you know, um, like I told you, you're not leaving. Like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, I recommend for anybody that likes these type of games. Um, to go ahead and and play it because it's one of the best out there. You know, Supergiant Games has done Bastion and Transistor and, you know, my game of the year, Pyre, um, a few years ago. Um, so I mean, they, 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 they sort of know a good track games. record for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's that's the main thing. And then obviously, I think I announced this last week on the podcast is that I'm starting to keep track of my randomizer runs uh, for Link to the Past. So I've gone through two of them, um, kept them both under five hours, which is pretty good, one under four. Um, but yeah, it's just, I'm just doing that as just a way to kill time. Oh, I only got like three hours. I'm, you know, I've, I'm done playing Hades or something, you know, where I have like an hour and a half, I'll start a randomizer. So we may or may not see that on Extra Life, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just, just trying to find all these small games before Cyberpunk comes out. So oh, that I yeah. can at least have them in the game of the year discussion, um, and I'll probably pick up. I probably start playing Mario 35, which I think will, will be coming up on yours, Tom, yeah. um, soon, and just get that done before it goes away. And yeah, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have all these games that you may or may not have heard of um, coming through as I go through Game Pass. So <laughs> so that that's the whole point. That's why we that's why we like it. Game Pass is for that kind of stuff. Yeah, play Hades. That's my last. Okay. Everybody's got Game Pass. Play Hades. No, you're right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's on. It's on. Um, Epic. Oh, okay. It's not at full price though, right? No. no. Okay. There you go. Go buy it on the Epic Store. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. I've continued my. I'm. I have a casual playthrough of Final Fantasy VII going, and that shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh. It's. I'm playing it on Switch, and I managed to do something that I don't think I've done in a long time uh spoilers for the i mean it's not really a spoiler but there's a there's a there's a point in the game when you can go on a date with someone and if you pick the correct uh answers throughout the game you can go on a date with different people you're supposed to go on a date with Aerith, but i managed to get the date with tifa somehow i must have been i must have been mean to Aerith or something (laughs) Uh, but there, there are, there is actually two other people who you could get a date with, but I managed to get the one with Tifa, so that was so, interesting. So you didn't get the uh, canon one. No, I did not get the canon one. Yeah, you know, because you know he obviously goes on that date with Barrett. Obviously, <laughs> of there's course. only one person. Uh, you know, it's really hard apparently to get that date. You have to do specific things in a 100 percent specific way to get yeah. that. So. You kind of have to follow a guide to get it. I had that's one thing I have not gone out of my way to do yet because you have to you have to play pretty much ten hours of the game to get there, <laughs> and it's uh that's a lot of work for a a five minute goof that you have that yeah. you want to see in a game. Um, but yeah, I mean that's one of those games that I can just turn on like when I'm not feeling like playing anything else, and it's just easy to just jump in and play through and play through like one dungeon or one area and be done because i know what to expect so i, I yeah. know that oh the temple of the ancients is coming i better you know i better be 100 percent prepared for that because that's gonna take an hour or so or so so 
or I can go like before that you have Rocket Town, which is like a five minute thing you have to you can blow through. So, you know, I it's nice to have something I know what's going to happen and how long about it's going to take. So I, I know how to mentally prepare myself for it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's definitely it's like it's like going to the past with me and probably Dead by Daylight with Jen, where it's just like, you know, if I want to kill a few hours, you know, just yeah. play that game. Yep, exactly. Uh, and I, my other kill time game has now become Mario 35. Because, man, I was not expecting this game to be any good <laughs> at all. Um, so for people who don't know what Mario 35 is, it's basically like Tetris 99 meets uh, Super Mario Brothers. So it's you against 34 other people. in you're running through the... Uh, you're starting off running through the first level of Super Mario Brothers. You can then advance to other levels, but you start in that first level. So it's basically a Battle Royale Mario game. Anytime you kill an enemy on your screen, that enemy gets sent randomly to someone else's screen. And then it's an object, it's a, it's obstacle for them to overcome. Uh, and while you're going through these levels, you also have a timer. So you get time for uh, defeating enemies, um, and you get uh, more time on your clock for gathering extra lives and a, a fire flower after you've already leveled up to that that stage. Yeah. And then, and as soon as you beat a level, how high you jump up on the flag also determines how much time you're given. Um, so at, you have multiple things to worry about when you're going through this game. You have to worry about other people sending you enemies to deal with, you have to worry about your timer running out. And then you also have, uh, when you gather coins, once you get 20 coins, you can hit the X button on the controller and it will give you a random power-up. Um, I believe it's the star, fire flower, uh, a pow block, which kills all the enemies on screen, and and the mushroom. So you can get all of those things once you get 20 coins. Um, getting a star is awesome it's like the best thing ever because you just rack up kills uh especially if you have a bunch of enemies in front of you and they all get sent off randomly to other people yeah from what i've seen on video and also from playing tetris 99 i'm assuming that you can also control where you send the things to if you want to do that um, yes to an extent yeah so yeah. you can send, choose to send it to random uh, you can choose it to send it to people who have the lowest amount of time left on their clock. Um, you can choose to send it to people who are attacking enemies a lot. And then there's also one you can send it to someone who's got the most coins. Why I, that? Why them? I have no idea. That's just a an arbitrary thing that they picked. Um, but yeah, like early in the early in the level, you have a lot less time. So if you choose early in the level to send enemies to people that have the least amount of time it could possibly work to your advantage and knock all those people out. And then towards the end, you can send it to like people who are doing a lot of attacking because they're doing well in that and you want to throw as many enemies at them as possible to try to knock them out. So there's yes. a little bit of strategy, even though it doesn't seem like there is. So when's the weirdest situation that you've seen a Bowser? I have not seen a Bowser yet. That's the weird thing. Like I haven't huh. seen... Huh. I've seen uh, like piranha plants randomly like just on the ground because they once if they're on the ground they don't go away so you yeah. have to kind of look out for those yeah um i haven't seen a bowser and i haven't seen um 
what's his name in the the uh, cloud? Oh, Lakitu. Lakitu. I haven't seen a Lakitu yet either. So also, as you keep going through, once you beat a stage, like one one, one two, one three, once you beat one of those stages, you unlock it in the in the menu, and you can start from well, not start from, but once you beat the first level, then it'll send you to that that level that you picked. Okay. Or you can also set that up to do randomly as well. So far, I've gotten through one three. That's it. I'm I'm wondering if you've if nobody you've played with or if you've lasted long enough for somebody to beat a castle level. That's just why you haven't seen a Bowser. I've only gotten to a castle level once. Like it's yeah. that difficult to get to one four for whatever reason. It's just not easy. Um, because yeah, it it keeps sending you back to it. It randomly will either send you back to one one or it will send you forward to another level. Hmm. Yeah, because um, the, the video I a couple of videos I watched was like um, people were getting like two Bowsers on the screen at the same time, um, you know, as they got later in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know the the craziest one I somebody linked me to this video. It's just a guy somebody uh, he was in the final ten or whatever, and all of a sudden he had like seven Lakitus on the screen, all yep. throwing the spike guys. Yep, <laughs> trying to navigate that. <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh man, I'm so glad I haven't run into that. You will as you get better, you know. Yeah. And you start getting into two, two, three, and all that. Yeah, I. And also, you can go to the warp uh, zone in one two, but it won't be the usual two, uh, three one, four one five one. It'll be random levels you can go to. Yeah. The furthest I've seen is two two. I think from that warp, that's the furthest one I've seen. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's pretty addicting. Like, and it only takes, you know, I don't know, 10 minutes at most to get through a game. So it's pretty, pretty quick. And what's the best part of it? If you have the online, um, the best part of it is just having a, it's like, it's like having Mario maker without having to play, without having to buy Mario maker, if that makes sense. Tom, it's free. It's also right. It's also free if you have Switch Online, but you have to have Switch Online, <laughs> otherwise you can't play. Sorry, Mark. It's been a long day. <laughs> I totally. Maybe that's not his was, favorite part, Mark. <laughs> no, I said yeah. the best well, it, part. I didn't say it's oh, the yeah, best that's true. part. It, the best part is it's free. So if you have yeah. Switch Online, you should go download it. Sure. Yeah, because you can try it, and just like I did with Tetris 99, and realized that I am no good at Tetris 99 at Tetris at all. So I, I stopped playing it after a week, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, the definitely I I think um if we all have Nintendo Switch Online, we'll probably have um at least some report from me at least um next week or next episode. Yeah, and it's definitely a great stream game. Like if we ever have a night where we just don't want to play anything else and it's we just want to goof around, that's definitely a good stream game time killer. Yeah. We can use it during Extra Life. It'll be great. I have Nintendo online as well, so for the so, Switch. So go download it, Jen. Okie doke. <laughs> uh, I also, I dug into my Game Pass as well this week, Mark. Yeah. I played Hot Shot Racing. Oh, okay. So Hot Shot Racing is kind of like a mashup between Virtual Racing, OutRun, and a little bit of Mario Kart. Just a little. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. <laughs> Um, so it's really interesting. Like it's super retro styled. It's like flat shaded polygons. Um, and the controls 
the controls are like normal a normal game but the way the cars control each you can pick from like a number of characters and they each have a different car so there's a ton of uh variations you can get on the way a car handles like there's cars that are made to drift there's cars that are not they're made to grip there's fast cars there's uh fast accelerating cars so you have all these different options and you're also playing a character story at the same time which is interesting uh it's something you don't really see in a racing game very often like there's a they have a little backstory to them not a lot but just enough like like it's like kind of like a fighting game story if that makes sense like there's a enough to drive a story to the end of an arcade mode but that's about it um but it's pretty funny there's a lot of uh like inside jokes and and references to to certain games and and other racing franchises and stuff uh like one of the drivers their one of their cars is dick trick i'm not dick dick trickle uh cole trickle's car in days of thunder so it's pretty funny the the kind of uh references they throw out and you guys should both know who cole trickle is like yep yep like days of thunder yeah yeah we played that game best game ever <laughs> it's jen's favorite game of all time <laughs> um yep. so lastly i bought star wars squadrons finally it Yay. came out i found a hotas played it on stream and my god the game is difficult in multiplayer <laughs> I'll I'll start with multiplayer I guess because I didn't I don't have as much experience in multiplayer. So Jonathan and his buddy Eric and I all got on stream and played Squadrons multiplayer. And I have learned that the Imperial uh forces are broken. Like they're way better than Republic for whatever reason. Anytime we were on a Republic team we got smoked. Like not even close. Like games games where our team had one kill. Um, and then we would go play uh, Imperial, and we'd do a lot better. Granted, we didn't win any games. We, we won zero. We're going to blame it on uh, Jonathan's broken Hotas. That's what we're going <laughs> to blame it on. That's what you do. You br- blame it on the equipment. It's never you. <laughs> yeah, well, he was playing, and he's like, oh, he knew that it wasn't working well before we started playing, but he's like, he's like it just keeps getting worse, because apparently... Best Buy gave him a, a refurbished unit and he didn't know that and it was not refurbished very well or it was just or or somebody returned a broken one and they they just put it out on the floor for some reason. Yeah. So he was having all kinds of problems. But if you do play this game and you do want to play with a HOTAS, dear God, remap your controllers, your controls, because I plugged it in and I started playing. And I was like, man, none of this feels right. So. I went on Thrustmaster's website, who is the the, the brand of Hotas that I have. I'm saying Hotas, wait. Um, and they have a button map for squadrons. Like they say, like what you should map all these buttons. And I'm I'm going through the mapping that squadrons did for it, and none of it matched. Like not even close. So I went through and changed all the buttons, and then I had to relearn how to play the game with the new buttons which I'm still doing because it's difficult to once you figure it out to relearn it again. Um, but the game looks incredible. It's unfortunately built for a controller. Yeah, but that's what I heard. If you, but if you have a HOTAS and you get it set up right, it plays awesome. It makes you feel like you're actually flying an X-Wing or a TIE fighter or a TIE bomber or whatever you want to fly. Because they have pretty much any of the ships in in star wars or in this so 
it gives you a really good um a really good uh smattering of stuff you can fly um but yeah the the one downside i will give it right now is that it is very obvious that it was built for a controller because it's it came out on console so of course they needed to make it work on a controller it's easier to play on a controller but i feel like you have way more adjustability and maneuverability when you're using a flight stick Um, yeah that's what i heard is that it feels better on the controller i mean it's easier to figure out on the controller but it feels better with like a hotas or something yeah that's you know what i'm saying yeah that's for sure um i would if you have it for pc i would highly recommend you invest in a, a hotas or flight stick of some sort that won't break the bank but at the same time isn't a piece of crap like i have the hotas um uh t flight hotas one from thrustmaster it's like a entry-level flight stick i have had no problems with mine everything works great um it doesn't feel like it's gonna break when i'm using it because i tend to be rough on my equipment <laughs> uh no. no not me no never uh but yeah it doesn't feel like it's gonna break in your hand when you're using it so which is a nice thing but there are definitely way more high-end things you can get so if you're planning on playing flight simulator from microsoft or uh star citizen whenever that comes out in the next 35 years uh or elite dangerous or any of those games those flight flight sim style games grab yourself a hotas and just sit back and enjoy because when you have that in front of you it it's way more immersive than if you're holding a controller if you're holding a controller you're playing a game if you're if you have a hotas in front of you you're flying us you're flying an x-wing I don't know if that makes sense, um, but just having the throttle and stick in your hands just makes it feel way more immersive, especially when you're sitting three feet in front of a monitor. That's if so you're cool. playing on a couch, it's, it's, it's a totally different experience. But if you're sitting three feet in front of a monitor with your flight stick, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And I would highly recommend it. And uh, we're going to get Jen to own one before yeah. you know. I'm sure Dan wouldn't have a problem with that because... When he was learning about what a hotas was, he was like, "Oh, that's really cool, actually." So, <laughs> why not, right? <laughs> just, yeah, just add it, add it to the list, please. Yeah, yeah, we have quite the list going, so that's fine. <laughs> all right, yeah. that's that's pretty much all I have been playing. But I've been it's for for once I've been like playing a lot. Yeah, I feel like we all have, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's getting to that time of year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When things are coming out. Yeah. All right. So it's been a busy week for us. Mm -hmm. It's been a busy week in the gaming world. I'm sure Jen has lots to tell us. Yep. I have a few things. And then, as always, if you guys have anything to add afterwards, feel free. Um, So I'm starting with probably the biggest news of the last two weeks. Um, So Microsoft announced that they are pretty much buying GameStop. Um, So both companies have entered into a multi-year partnership. Um, and that's mainly in an effort to, for the most part, they're widening the scope of both the physical and digital video game offerings for GameStop. And then they also want to improve on their actual retail infrastructure. So the plan is to be able to take all that GameStop already offers customers and then add in Microsoft's cloud solutions and their hardware. Um, and they're claiming that they will now be the ultimate gaming destination. So let's all help, hope that that's the case. Um <laughs> So I'll just quickly go through some of the improvements that they're um, talking about. 
So first off, they're talking about um, offering more online access for customers. So not just going into a store now, but really being able to access your subscriptions, purchases, and give you a super personalized experience um, online through GameStop. Um, also, I thought this was interesting. The store associates will now be able to free roam through the store because Microsoft is providing them with Surface tablets so they aren't stuck behind the registers. And like the stores aren't that big where it didn't matter as much. But you know, everyone knows the associates were never <laughs> not behind the registers. Mm. Like it was super rare to see someone behind, like not, you know, behind the desk. Um, and that's something that they noted that they wanted to change to make sure that associates were like getting in with the customers and they were telling them about games and making sales. And I've had quite a few really great conversations with people working at GameStop. You know, once you know, you ask some questions and they start telling you about the games that they love and, you know, what have you. So I think that's going to be a nice change for the associates. Um, and then they're also improving their office and business business management tools. So um, they're introducing a lot of Microsoft programs. I'm imagining that's going to be able to, you know, make the back end running the business a little bit better for them. Um, and then they're talking about, this is interesting as well, Xbox All Access, um, which will provide an Xbox as well as 24 months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which requires no money up front. So obviously it's going to be like a monthly, I would assume like a monthly payment program, yeah. um, which is awesome. So they're going to be incorporating that as well. So it's interesting that Microsoft's buying everybody, but this sounds like it could be a good move for them, for both. Yeah, the, the, the thing, the last thing you were talking about, the all-access used to be just available through Microsoft's website and the Microsoft right. stores, which is, where is there a Microsoft store? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't really uh, I can exist only think anymore. Of, yeah, I can only think of one. I think it's um the Bridgewater Mall. I don't even know if it's still yeah. open because I haven't there, been there, there in so was, long. Yeah, there was one in Freehold, too, but that... I, who knows yeah. if the free yeah. old mall is ever going to open again. So yeah, that's seriously. that's probably the best thing about this in terms of Microsoft side of it. Um, unless if they're able to shut out Sony and Nintendo and all that, which I don't think they'll be able to, but um, is that they can get that as like prominent in a GameStop. Yep. You know, oh, sort yeah. of, yeah. hey, yeah. you can get no money down, get an Xbox today, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know, and sort of overshadow the other systems in the store. Um, yeah. I think that's the best thing business-wise for them for that. Uh, mm -hmm. I I don't think this was done with malicious intent to Sony and uh, Nintendo. I think they just want to give people more options, and I think giving them that Microsoft that all access ability at a store is way easier than having to do it um, obviously through the Microsoft Store, which we said they mm. don't even really exist unless you're <laughs> unless you're in Seattle, which I right. think that's like one of the main places they have them. Um, and it's good for for GameStop because that means people will still be buying stuff through them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't anticipate them blocking them. I was just saying, outside of them doing that, the the big benefit to them is getting that all access in front of eyes, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. not on the internet. Um, and also having you know Microsoft branded even Surface stuff. People go, oh, what's that thing you're using? Right. You know, and sort of help with that. Um, it'll just be interesting to see if they do anything with changing the business model in terms of used games, you know, mm -hmm. um, because they were very, like, quota profit driven, mm -hmm. you know, before, <laughs> you know, where it was like borderline abusive. 
Yeah, um, they put pawn shops to shame. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the associates were like, yeah, they were giving us unreasonable numbers that we had to hit. Yeah. You know, sure. to, and they were not giving us the tools or the wiggle room to be able to do it. Uh, so maybe Microsoft being a little more set money wise will mm-hmm. make that easier. Hopefully. Um, they'll probably yeah. get discounts to Microsoft games, but obviously. I, I mean, yeah, they kind of turned into like Circuit City there for a little while because mm-hmm. Circuit City. Uh, famously, their people made commission on everything, so they would hound you in those stores. Yeah. You would go from section to section and just be like, somebody would be on top of you immediately. And I feel like GameStop kind of started doing that as well. And I'm with like really... pre-orders and the oh, subscription yeah. and yeah. Oh, do you want do you do you want to have a uh, do you want to have you know game replacement on that or whatever? You're yeah, like, yeah. Some stupid <laughs> shit that I would never remember like, if your game gets scratched. Like, like dude, I've I've been playing games for longer than you've been alive. So just <laughs> give me the game. Yeah, that's so how I that... feel in those places now. Like I can't go I can't go in there and not have someone you know 15 years younger than me selling me games or whatever. It's yeah, have, it's... have you gotten an associate to uh, ask you what games your son plays? Yeah. No, oh thank God. God. Thank <laughs> God I have not gotten that yet. Like, oh, that's that would be rough. Yeah, I have that's not gotten the end that. of days for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, it's, luckily, it's... luckily, I have to wear a mask when I go in there right now, or else <laughs> I may have gotten that already. Yeah. The thing asking you what games you want to pre-order, like, if I have, if I wanted a game, I would have bought it already. I, yeah. I would have pre-ordered it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I wonder I wonder if they're going to be making the stores. Probably not. I'm probably going to answer my own question and say no, but it would be great if the stores got a little bit bigger. Well, yeah, they're supposed yeah. to have been... They were, they were starting to um, re kind of redo the stores. Like, there were... I forget what they were calling them. Prestige stores, I think mm-hmm. they were calling them. They were supposed to be doing that for most of them, which made them way more open. Mm-hmm. And they were would have like retro games and all kinds of this stuff in them. Yeah, but that'd be great. I haven't seen one in New Jersey yet. There was there was in Manahawken, there was a, a store that had all kinds of retro games. Like they had they were working on building up all of their retro games so they could sell them there. Mm-hmm. And then one day they got like a letter saying, Send all your retro games to corporate. We're not sent no. we're not doing it out of the store anymore. And I was like, Well, you guys just oh fucking God. killed that store. Yeah. That's the only reason I go there. Like, wow. I might pick up something else if I was going there to pick up something retro because they had the best prices than, like, going to an actual retro game store They because they jack up prices and put them at, right. like, eBay levels. But uh, <laughs> GameStop wasn't doing that, and that's where I was getting a lot of my games for a little while. And they basically killed that store because I didn't shop there anymore for <laughs> retro stuff. Yeah, that sucks. But, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Hope, hopefully, this is good news for both GameStop and Microsoft. Yes, we'll we'll see. Um, so the next thing that I wanted to talk about was our good old Avengers game, oh, and maybe man. only <laughs> good old Avengers. Maybe only Mark and Dan listening will care about this, <laughs> but <laughs> I thought it was worth mentioning. So obviously, the game's been out for about a month or so, um, and there's been just the same and correct me if I'm wrong, but the same missions and the same characters and people are pretty much getting bored of it. Yeah. Um, 
Apparently, fans have been begging the game developers for more content, new characters, updates to the game, etc. Um, and apparently, players have been dropping like flies. So I was reading an article that was dated, I think, yesterday. And as of yesterday, when the article was written, there is less than 2,000 online players. Oof. Which that's is not good. insane. It's literally yeah. been out for a month. I mean, we knew that it was off to a rocky start. I mean, this was not going to be the best game ever in general but yeah. i mean i had some hope when i was watching dan play it and it looked interesting and different um yeah. it's yeah it's not yeah, doing they didn't know what to do post release right That's exactly what yeah so um good news for you guys crystal dynamic studio head scott amos says new content is coming so there will be new missions a new hub which i'm not sure what that means does that mean like a uh, superhero hub or yeah right now you're in a hub on one of the spaceship, not spaceships, airships. Gotcha. Um, so they'll secondary one. Um, okay. I'm wondering what, where they would put that. Yeah. Another airship <laughs> next to it. Yeah. You could yeah. jump airship to airship. Um, and then of course the best news out of anything, both Hawkeyes are coming to the game. Uh, so I, for, for Jen, that's the best news ever. <laughs> I <laughs> might actually separate or they a package? I don't know. Um, that's because a good I will question. Buy just Kate that's it. <laughs> I hope they're a package deal just for that comment. <laughs> oh, I, I knew he'd be in the game. Yeah. When, uh, just yeah. because his name's on the ship. When you're when you walk by their personal quarters, there's one for him. Oh, I mean, he's also so. the the best Avenger. Yeah. That's <laughs> largely debatable, but okay. Uh, yeah, that's, we'll that's move why right past that. That's why he's not in the. That's why he's not in the origin in the original game. Got it. Yeah, they were saving him for the last. You know, like the big the big reveal. I'm just waiting for my Spider-Man for the only reason yeah. I bought it on PS4. <laughs> I know. I think that's what everyone's waiting on probably as well. But I'm sorry to say no Spider-Man <laughs> as of right now anyway, unless they throw that in. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully it, it's really kind of sad that this game is not doing great right now. Um, like I said, I haven't played it. I'm not necessarily, you know, like personally disappointed, but it just it stinks to hear about a game that after a month is just losing all of its luster so quickly. Yeah, if um, they would if they would have done a fifteen to twenty hour or maybe twenty to thirty hour single yeah. player campaign with some multiplayer stuff on the side, it would have sold a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I just don't understand the the need or want to make it a multiplayer action game, like a multiplayer online action game. I don't understand that. They were trying to find their live service game that'll make the money. Like they just like. You know, people sitting in a boardroom going, if we just get a percentage of what they do with Grand Theft Auto, right. we'll be set. I know, but they it it turned into Anthem really fast. Yeah, it's the same it every like everybody sees what GTA does and you know tries to do it, but they don't know why that game succeeds, and yeah. it's because they give people so much stuff to do. Yeah, like customization and you know, well, and they have just, a lot of missions and stuff to do, like. The I feel like the same thing happened to Anthem. They just didn't have any content post game. Just like and nothing. Yeah, and there's no free roam content. Like right. that's what makes GTA great. Is you can just drive around the city. Exactly. You know, yeah. like I don't know how you do that for Avengers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just drive around. Yeah. yeah, that is one of the reasons why that and you know was exciting. And then they tried to do that with Red Dead, but because of the way they had to make that game it, they had to put less npcs in the world so the world just felt empty 
Well, it's, it's also the fact that you're you're on a horse in Red Dead, yeah. so it's not easy as easy to get around as say a car in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. But if you went into towns and they looked like the way they did in the single player, at, you know, would be great. But you walk into those towns now and there may be two people there, maybe. Mm. Yeah. You know, that aren't other players, you know, and that's just it just takes the life out of the game. That's why that struggled a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Avengers main thing is that they tried to do that with a superhero game when the reason all those other games exist is because you create your own character and go into the world. Exactly. How cool would it be if they had, like you said, like really put all their effort into the story mode? And then they let you create your own superhero and you're joining the Avengers. Like, nobody wants to pick the same five or six people and everyone's the same person that you run into. You know what I mean? Like, and, you and, can... they, had, and they had the perfect setup. Yeah. I mean, they, this already kind of exists. It's called DC Universe Online. <laughs> that failed, too. <laughs> Maybe that's too, what they were so... trying to avoid to, to doing, yeah. But I don't know. It would have been cool to make your own superhero as Marvel. You know, they could have, you know, turned around and been like, see, we we actually did it to DC, but they're both failed. That's, yeah. That's just it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off last time, but the the whole story surrounds the Inhumans, which is just people that get infected and gain superpowers. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. here's a list of superpowers. Here's right. costume creator. Here's a name. You can make up a superhero name or they give you a list of names so that people say it out loud. Like, yeah, like they do for wrestling games. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. And there you go. Mark, you're convincing me to play this imaginary game that you're making up just by the character creation alone. If, if they would have done an Avengers story that didn't involve the Inhumans, and I know if Dan was on here, he'd agree with me, you can maybe get away with saying you can only play the Avengers. But the entire story of the Inhumans is that it's regular people get infected and gain powers, you know. It's so it's, obvious that they should have done that. It's so it's painfully obvious. But it just, you don't know how much Marvel was involved with saying no you can't do that you know yeah, a lot of times that's what happens with these things that they they just get rolled over by marvel saying no you can't do that especially now that it's not just marvel it's disney too it's yeah. even more tied down so i wonder if i wonder if marvel um video games is the comic book division not the movie division i think it's those are all two the separate same division i think it's all the same at this point because i know for, for a long time like Marvel Productions was their like cartoons and video games and things like that. And then Marvel itself was just the comic books. So I don't know how it works now. But yeah, um, but yeah it's, it's it's like going into the Spider-Man stuff. You know, the remaster Spider-Man, they changed the man's face. So he looks kind of more like, you know, Tom Holland. Right. Well, yeah, they recast him. Yeah, it's the same voice actor and all that. They right, say, oh, the we want it to look closer the to the voice actor. Right. The face is different. Yeah, but what they did is they made it look closer to Tom Holland <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because of of that. But it's just that that was that's another whole weird thing to me. We'll have to talk about that at a different time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have an Avengers part, bashing uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, because I really like the game. Um, you know, Black Widow's awesome in it because she you know she's she's the easiest to pick up. Um and play um you know and they and each hero as you play them more you know gets unique you know a lot of them feel samey in the beginning mm-hmm. um but now, then it's i'm play i'm i'm curious how is hulk to play because i imagine he would just be like op and it would just get real boring to play real fast he's slow dan you know. died as the hulk so there's that oh yeah. no 
Yeah, he's he's slow. That's his big thing. Okay. Is he's very plodding as he's running across, so that's how he gets hit a lot. Gotcha. Um, but uh, Captain America is the best all around because it's Captain America. You know, Iron Man is um, the worst character to me. Um, is it too complex? It the flying's not great, um, and it's just he has like three different weapons that you can change his hand weapons to. Mm-hmm. And knowing which one's best for what situation, it just gets a little complicated. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him at all. Um, I don't think Dan likes him either. Uh, what's his name? Thor's fun, but he's very complicated in terms of I can't, I still don't understand what his supers do, um, you know, precisely. But he's kind of a mix between um, Iron Man and um, uh, Black Widow mm-hmm. in the sense that he's very melee, but he also flies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, the, the best character is the most interesting stuff is, is Ms. Marvel. And this game was all written around her and it shows. So, but getting back to the point that this original story was, they completely <laughs> missed the boat because I don't think they know how to run a, a live service game. It's Square right. Enix. Um, it took them completely failing at Final Four, Fantasy fourteen, and then happened to do Rebirth before that took off. So, yeah, they literally had to redo the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> so they have a track record of not knowing how to do this stuff out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a shame, um, that the game came out pretty okay and yeah. it's just going to disappear. At least Anthem was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. This one's just like, it could have been so much better and it's painfully it's obvious. Great. Yeah. Or a superhero story. Right. The acting is amazing. Well, here's the hoping that it turns around and that they're listening to us and that they take all of our ideas. And I don't even care if you don't give us credit for it. Cause we just want that to happen. So do it. <laughs> <laughs> Character make creation, please, and thank you. Square, make it happen. Square, yeah. do it. <laughs> but not before you finish Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> and seven remake two. All right, so <laughs> I don't know if this game will last that long. If those things have to happen first, just saying. Uh, we have priorities, Jen. True. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, Avengers is doomed. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> my last story. Um, Xbox got a little saucy on Twitter. So um, the other day, I believe, PlayStation came out with a little tutorial on how to switch the PS5 from standing upright to laying down horizontally. Um, And it basically has a stand on the bottom, which helps it to balance standing upright. um, And you have to unscrew it and then clip it to the side, which takes a couple of minutes and obviously needed a video to show you how to do it. So Xbox jumped on Twitter with this sassy little tweet saying, here's how you switch the Xbox Series X from vertical to horizontal, and then posted a picture of it standing up and a picture of it laying down. <laughs> and obviously, to, while to this be, was... To ahead. be fair, it was yep. Xbox UK. It was not, like, the big Xbox. Right. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but um, people, of course, started pointing out that although you can just obviously turn it over on its side, their stands actually can't even come off. So regardless of how it looks, you just have to deal with it. If you want it to be on its side, like the stand is sticking out on the end or whatever. So people are actually saying that they hate it more, (laughs) the fact that the stand doesn't come off. So, of course, within hours of the tweet, it was taken down. So nobody knows, obviously, why it was. But it's just funny. It's just funny that that happened to me, first of all. But I like a good old console war conversation. And to see the companies, like, you know, making little digs at each other is just funny. And it makes it more interesting. Um, I know a while back, I think PlayStation PlayStation did something similar to them. I can't remember. I think it was the PS4. 
it was oh, it was I'm, this is this is how you this is how you share uh, share games yes someone handing a game to someone yes, else because xbox was trying to have all these regulations behind it yeah and they just handed the game to their friend was like this is how playstation does it so yeah. i get it maybe xbox saw their window and we're like this is it we can get them back yeah they're trying but, so hard to have that moment yeah <laughs> It was, it's funny. I, I thought that was funny, but yeah, that was it. We'll see what else happens going forward. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of these games, uh, Tom, you, did you see the uh, breakdown of the PS5? Any thoughts on it? Um, it seems like they put a lot of thought into it. I still don't like the design. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't like it, but it seems like they really thought about it and they made it easy for, which is weird. They made it easy to take apart. Usually these consoles are like super difficult to get into and have all these weird screws and stuff because they don't want you inside of them. One of the funny parts is they actually showed him taking off the warranty sticker, yeah. which was funny to me. I It was interesting that they made sure to show him doing that. Um, I don't know what you thought about that because that's, that's a big point of debate right now is, yeah. you know, if that's legal or not or whatever. Yeah, some states allow you to, some states don't, you know, right to right to repair. repair. Then yeah, yeah. My favorite thing is I don't know if you've seen any of the the parody stuff of like the fake subtitles on it. <laughs> no, I have um, not. Seen that. Where one of them is like, or maybe the guy made the joke and it wasn't a fake subtitle, but I saw it is like when he's showing that where you hide the screws for the uh, for the stand on there. Like there's a little mm-hmm. pocket inside the stand that you can put the screws when it when you have it vertical. Right. And some somebody put um so this is uh so when you open this, this is where you can hide your weed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just people were putting great little things. That's great. Like don't if you have it on this side you can uh you know, make sure you can uh put your hot stove on here. <laughs> you know. It's make uh, fun of warmth. But the number one thing I saw, Tom, is that how easy that outer uh, shell is to take off yeah um there will be third-party shells for that within months of that system being out yeah it definitely your, go ahead yeah. you can get your camo you know one you can get your anime girl one you know get your waifus on there <laughs> it and, it definitely reminded me of the original xbox 360 with the face plates yeah because that was a, another super easy thing to take on and off i feel like yeah if they don't do that they're missing out on, on a huge uh ability to make money on that yeah and if not then third party people will be made for sure um i i like that it was somewhat easy to put uh new hard drives into it new ssds um it didn't seem like it was going to be super difficult and i do like the fact that it is not proprietary which is weird for sony sony is usually the person to do the super (laughs) weird proprietary bullshit cost a million dollars more than it should uh uh thing like that um so i'm glad that they did not do that which is weird because microsoft did i don't know why the i don't know if you guys have seen the microsoft memory uh sticks but they kind of look like the original memory card that came with the 360 i don't know if either of you had one of those like it looks it looks exactly like that it's just a little long and it's got to be um you know, was it Seagate is the only one that makes it? Yeah. Or something? Yeah. It's yeah. Only for the time yeah. being. At least. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and it's going to cost like 200 bucks. And yeah, I'm surprised Sony's not doing it for living through the PSP Vita, oh, you know, God. memory stick thing. 
the pro- yeah. see the, the sad part is they still cost a shitload of money. They're actually probably more now than they were when they were new because yeah. nobody bought them. Yeah, that's it's, why it's, that's it's, why people hack their Vitas <laughs> so they can use the SD cards. Yeah, the uh, but what I what I'm glad about is that these videos finally gave some details to some things that we've been wondering about. You know, yeah, I mean, in terms of what what what's the actual makeup of the of the system. Yeah, up until this point, they've shown us literally nothing. So it's nice that we actually get to see the Insta board. We get to see, you know, we get to see the fan. That was a big point of contention is what what kind of, you know, what kind of cooling do these things have? And it's nice to see that they really thought about it because in the past, like the original PS3, the cooling in that was garbage. Yeah. And it was super loud. And it was the same with the 360, obviously, with the Red Ring of Death and everything. So, yeah. It's nice to see that they're actually putting in a lot of thought to the cooling solution. Yeah, and the uh, I think they had to do this video after they gave this system to like streamers or something, and um, the first thing everybody sent back was photos of what is this mysterious nut in the <laughs> PS5? Like people were taking photos of it and it was on their twitters and all that. So doing this video is explaining what that nut is. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they were planning on doing this video at this time, but it just—it was just funny to me that they came out like a like a few days after those tweets started popping up. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's I'm I am glad they did this video. It's uh, it, it has shed a lot of light on something that we didn't know anything about, and people were just buying it, which is still crazy to me, that pre-orders opened and we knew nothing about this. But you know, that's such as life. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen with everything. Pre-orders opened on. RTX 3080s and 3090s, and people had no idea what they were going to do. And it's going to happen with AMD because, yeah. as of this recording, they just announced new CPUs. People will just buy them blindly because they're fanboys. And that's that. Exactly. Listen, if you want to do that, go for it. But I'm going to wait till third party reviews come out and they tell me, yeah, it's good or yeah, it's bad. So, because you might get burned. It's happened, happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I very rarely have been an early adopter to anything. I made the mistake last uh, console generation of being an early adopter, and I paid what at five ninety nine or whatever it was for an Xbox One with a Kinect that they never used. <laughs> yeah, I use I used it to turn my system on and off. That was about it. Yeah, I, I I'm about fifty percent on my early adoption. You know, I bought a Dreamcast at launch, which was a bad idea. And then, you know, and I bought a PS4 at launch, which was fine. Yep, you made out there. <laughs> and that was all because of that video that Jen had mentioned. Was yep. They showed that video and gave a $100 lower price. And I'm like, yeah, F those guys at Microsoft. I'm getting a PS4. It's all about marketing. Yeah. <laughs> they got me. They got you. <laughs> and this, this go around may be the first time, like, I'm not clamoring for a new system. because Yeah, I, I have yeah. no interest. No, me neither. After all of the incremental updates that they've been doing, like when you bought an Xbox 360, you had an Xbox 360 for 10 years, right? You bought an Xbox One, they updated it two years later, right? I'm pretty sure it was two two to three years later they updated it to be the One S. And then they released the One X. And like, I just make it work, guys. (laughs) Either, either, Either release the best thing you got and have that have that be the generation. And then upgrade it to a new generation. Like these mid 
rain, these mid-generation updates really kill stuff because the game runs so much better on one than the other. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. kind of why I'm starting to enjoy the Switch and PC gaming more because I don't have to worry about that shit. I know how well things run on my computer, and I know how it's going to run on the Switch. So I don't have to worry about, you know, someone having an Xbox One X versus my Xbox One original, and they're going to have a super advantage over me. Yep, just wait until the Switch Heavy comes out next year. I feel like that's going to be a new... I feel like that's going to be a new generation for them, though. I don't know that it's going to be a... Uh, Switch you? Around. Yeah, the <laughs> Switch you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would that would be the the best and worst thing of all time. All right. I think we've beaten that to death. <laughs> we get what, what do you have a, a a funny one left for us, Jen? Nope, just Xbox being saucy. Saucy. Okay. That's saucy. It. Saucy. <laughs> saucy. All right. Well, it's that time of year again, folks. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's Jen's favorite time of the year. Mhm. I don't Mark, I don't know about you. Do you are you a are you a, a Halloween spooky time person or I not as much as the other three people we know on our podcast um, <laughs> here, but I don't mind it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with yeah, you. I, yeah, I can, you know, I I can play all the bloody gory games and, you know, all the scary, spooky stuff, but it's not like something I seek out. Like, I wouldn't be able to do it and doing on the website, watching 31 diff- new horror movies that I've never seen before and writing articles about them. But it, you know, I don't have any trepidation to horror or, or uh, you know, spooky stuff. Yeah, I do. So this should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it'll be good to get, you know, your opinion on spooky stuff and then, you know, mine and Mark's. It'll be interesting. We'll have all different, you know, perspectives or scales, I should say. Yeah. So spooky games are like the last thing on my list when I'm looking <laughs> at games or what I want to buy and or play. But I thought we should still go over some because it's that time of the month. People want to play spooky games in October. Yeah. Uh, and I thought I would try to offer a good, um, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? Uh, a good alternative. alternative to being gory and really scary and gross and all that other stuff. Jen's going to give you all that stuff. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to give uh, you both. I actually, I have, I have a little bit of both. Okay. I got some spooky games that I think are pretty cool. But they're not necessarily, you know, gory or super scary where you need to play it with the lights on and you don't want to be alone type deal. So <laughs> I'm going to let, uh, let's see, Mark, you go ahead and start yeah. if, you, if you'd if you like. Yeah, so um, um, I'm going to do uh, one of my favorite series. And a lot of these have a connection to uh, playing them uh, with my sister because uh, she loved horror games and stuff like that, but could never play them. Uh, so I had to play and she sat in a room with me, but the, but, but the one that is outside of the, um, you know, mainstream, uh, that we played and really liked is, uh, the original Fatal Frame, um, which was, it's a really good game. For those of you that don't know, it's like, you don't have guns or anything with it. The way you destroy the ghost is, um, you take, uh, photos, um, and that's sort of how you uh, capture them or something. I haven't played it in a while to know exactly what happens, but that's your weapon, the uh, camera, and you get different types of film that that does different types of ghosts. Um, so you got to remember to switch that out and do all that. It's like a story about a family. You're going to investigate in this house. Um, and there are a lot of, lot of like, 
like spooky jump scares, not not so much a like something popping through the window or something. It's like you would pull up the camera and then the ghost is there, you know, sort of sort of jump scare or you see it in the background of something. Uh, so that, that's my my first pick. There is Fatal Frame's good game. Um, if you have the ability and have the old systems, go buy it on disc. But um, I'm sure you can find it, you know, by other means as well. Um, it's something that I think they should definitely remake um, for the new hardware, um, especially with VR being a thing. Uh, it would be the perfect VR game um, for that. So, yeah, check out Fatal Frame. I haven't played any of the sequels, but I heard they weren't too bad. No. Yeah, I'm really surprised that Fatal Frame hasn't gotten some sort of re-release. I feel like it's a cult hit. Like, yeah. it, it gets a lot of love now, but it maybe when it came out, it did not. And that's probably the problem. Yeah, and I give credit to my sister. She found it in the block book. There you go. Thanks, Mark's sister. <laughs> I would have never thought of it. She was just like, oh, I saw this game. And it says, take photos to kill now, ghosts. Is, is Fatal Frame the one where you got you go insane during during it, like the game does weird stuff to you? Or is that don't a different remember. game? I haven't played it in a while to remember that stuff. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. I know, I know there's a game similar to that where... The game will like you have like a, a a sanity meter. I have to look this up now. Okay. Uh, all right, Jen, you go, and I'm gonna look up what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, are we doing one? Like, are we going round robin? Like, we're naming one. Yeah, do one. Do okay. one or a series, I guess. Okay. Um. So I will. I will name. Um. First, my so. Basically, for horror games, I'm all about horror games. Like, it doesn't really matter what kind of horror game it is to me. I'm probably going to love it. Um, So, to me, I broke it down into games that are spooky but fun to play for most people. And then the downright gory and terrifying slasher games that, like, most people probably would not be okay with playing. Or you'd have to be a very specific kind of horror fan to enjoy it. Mm. Um, So, I guess the games that are spooky but fun for most people to play... Um, my first one that I thought of was Luigi's Mansion, and I don't know if this is on either of your guys' list. Um, I, I left it off on purpose because I figured somebody would pick it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this game, to me, was surprisingly creepy. Like, not obviously not over the top where most kids can still have fun playing, I would say most. Um, but it was it's creepy. You're walking through a dimly lit mansion on the search for ghosts. They kind of pop out at you. Um, the music is absolutely incredibly amazing and i freaking love it and of course like you have luigi running like wacko and then him just acting like a goof it just obviously offsets any most of the creepiness um but i think it's a great game and i would definitely recommend it to anyone especially if you like spooky games um when we had done this retro roulette i had never played luigi's mansion before and i was excited to play it and i was very very pleasantly surprised at how much i liked the game um so yeah i think this is probably one of the games i would put under that category mm-hmm. um do you want me to name i just have two other ones do you want me to just run through those uh, we i think we have like probably we each probably have like three or four so we'll go yep. around i think okay um so the game i was thinking of was not fatal frame it was eternal darkness okay uh so if you yeah, that's if a very like, rare game too. it's a yeah it's it was a super rare gamecube game that no one ever played and it's also in this category so uh bonus eternal darkness go check it out the game fucks with you a lot uh so 
for mine, I thought I would go a little older because why wouldn't I? Uh, so if you like spooky stuff, but aren't necessarily into like horror games, but you like like monsters and uh, like old school stuff like that, I'd say you got to go Castlevania, specifically Castlevania 4 or Rondo of Blood. I feel like, yeah. or uh, I mean, not Rondo of Blood, um, Symphony of the Night. Night, so, yeah. I feel like Symphony of the Night is like super creepy and, and spooky, but at the same time, you're a badass, like half, uh, half vampire who's going through and killing all these monsters. So I feel like that, especially because it has a story, uh, really adds to it. It gives you more of those spooky vibes. And the fact that you have to play the game twice to beat it, once normally and once with the castle upside down, spoilers. <laughs> to beat it uh yeah. on top yeah it's in a spooky setting to begin with it's a giant castle that's owned by dracula so right right off the bat you're kind of uh you're kind of in that territory and you fight werewolves and all kinds of stuff that goes bump in the night so i feel like that's a good jumping off point if you like that kind of stuff but at the same time you don't want to be shocked by gore and jump scares and things like that because that's st- there's still some scary stuff in in that game but um, it won't, it won't keep you up at night, hopefully. Yeah. And Symphony of Night's probably the better pick nowadays and trying to go back and play in those original games. Yeah, for sure. I feel like Symphony of the Night aged a lot better. And most 2D Castlevania games after that were kind of just based off that game. They kind of just evolved out of that game. So if you want to play the best part of the Castlevania series, uh, don't at me, bro. Go play. <laughs> Castlevania 64, right? Yes, 100% Castlevania 64. (laughs) Not the re-release, the original. (laughs) The one that didn't fix anything. Uh, Okay. Mark, you got another one for us? Yeah, so um, I'll do this one real fast. Um, It's not that long of a game, but it's probably um, one of the scarier games that I've played um, that I've actually made people play. Um, It is uh, P.T., um, can't really buy it anymore, so unless you buy a uh, PlayStation on eBay that has it installed. Um, but uh, PT, first, which I uh, quick, quick aside, how crazy is that? Yeah, it's like the like who would ever think that you would have to purchase a console that has something installed that you, because you can't buy it anymore. That's yeah. the or world we live in. Somebody today. sells a uh, uh, a flash drive of it, or however you can transfer or hard drive or something. Yeah, but um. Yeah, that game is great. Um, the end is a little weird because you got to do all this tricky stuff to actually get it to work to show the the end of it. Um, you have to walk a certain amount of paces and say a certain word, and it's very Kojima. If you didn't know, that game was <laughs> created by Kojima, and um, they were shocked that somebody figured it out in ten hours. Um, the end of that thing, and I think she did it by accident. Um, That's usually the way these things happen. Like not not because I think it was supposed to register a certain name or a certain word. And it just, it just registered something she said as being that, um, okay. and, and you know, you know, a bug in the game. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the, it, that game's great, but it's best with headphones on, um, just because the sound design is, is really good. And I would love to have seen what a silent hill with that sound design would have been like, um, yeah, spoilers for nobody that's played it. It's a 
a playable teaser for Silent Hills yeah. um, game that'll never get released that was made by uh, Kojima and uh, Guillermo del Toro. Um, My dream. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, if you I don't know if the video is still on YouTube or something, but the uh, the first extra life we ever did, I had Ant do it with headphones on, and even he was visibly spooked. It's crazy. Um, Someone who loves horror. While 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 playing it, you know. So it's always a joke that I say is that we're going to make a donation goal high enough to make Tom play PT with headphones on. Um, <laughs> I hate to tell you, there's not anything <laughs> high enough to make that happen. Uh, but yeah, that, that's my choice. It's hard to find, but I like to bring it up anytime somebody talks about horror games because I think it's it's like finding a unreleased movie that could have possibly been one of the best movies ever made, mm-hmm. but for some dumb reason, um, because uh, Konami hated uh, Kojima, or something. Yeah, um, they had a falling out. You know, it was never made. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that that's mine. Um, hopefully, you know somebody with it, or you just watch videos online. Mm-hmm. And I recommend watching them with headphones. Um, I think it's, I think it's my turn. Yes. Um, so the next game on my list for spooky but fun. People, ooh, sorry, that was my phone. Uh, people might argue with me on this one. Um, but I picked Mist. And um, okay. people might argue that it's not really a horror game, but well, it's not. It's a, it's spooky, though. Yes, it's spooky. So it always gave me a creepy vibe, which was one of the reasons why I loved it so much. You know, the combination of the music, the fact that you are alone on a deserted island and you're picking up these clues. And then you have those creepy videos of the brothers in the books, especially the crazy one. Um, I it's just it's such a great game and I love mysteries as well. I would always expect to like open a door or like turn a corner and just have someone standing there. And the fact that that didn't happen, it just made it so much more um like tense kind of. So yeah. I You're I wanted to put that on. It. Exactly. I wanted to put that on the list because it's 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 a different kind of spooky, but I, I feel like it it deserves deserves the mention here. So yeah. so did did you get to play Riven a sequel to Mist? I did. <laughs> I've played Mist, Riven. Uh, I don't remember if there. I don't remember if there's a third one or not. But I also it's, played 3D Mist. Okay. That's that's great. the third one. I think I think it's called Mist. It's just 3D. three. Okay, then yeah, then I played all three. 3D Mist is pretty cool. It makes you almost not want to play the original Mist again after that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah and I may have downloaded it for the Switch as well. Yeah, yeah. R- Riven might be my favorite. Because name for a game that you have to say the full title. Wait, know? what is it? It's not just game? Riven. It's Riven, a sequel to Mist. Yes. <laughs> it's how it's right. labeled. Yeah, we've, I think we've talked about that before. <laughs> because because back then, um, they wanted to make sure that people knew who made it. Yeah. Because of how popular Mist was. Yeah. Oh, I freaking love it. It's so great. All right. I'm going to piggyback off that and go with a game that is technically not a horror game or anything like that, but is very spooky. And that's Fallout. Um, any of the first-person Fallouts, I should say. Because the yeah. third-person ones are, they like the originals, they're kind of spooky, but it's more immersive and spooky when you're in a first-person perspective and you're walking through a old, burnt-out convenience store and a half half-dead zombies coming after you, jumping out at you. That will scare the shit out of you no matter what. <laughs> um, That's true. Yep. And I, Fallout 4 was the first one I finished, and there was plenty of times where I was like super creeped out and like 
man, this is this is like a scary situation that I'm in right now, and I I I don't know how to feel about this, and I just feel like Fallout does that pretty well, but you can still feel like you're in control if that makes sense. Um, like it's not like a horror game where you have, where you're running from a killer that you clearly are never going to get away from like dead by daylight or something like that. Uh, fallout, I feel like you have a little more control. You can get yourself out of that situation if you need to, but it definitely creates tension, uh, as you're going through these abandoned places, not knowing if something's going to jump out at you and be a, you know, level 50 rad scorpion or something like out of nowhere. You obviously have not watched our streams if you think you can't get away from the killer. And <laughs> we looping on those fools all night. <laughs> <laughs> you no, guys are no. pros now, so there's, there's pro gamers. Pro gamer. Pro gamers, 100. <laughs> percent So yeah, that's one. Of, that's one of my picks. As you can tell, I'm trying to go a little off, off a little off center here with some of mine. I like so, it. And I think alternate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think coming back to me. Uh, well, I guess I'll I'll just say the choice that probably all three of us have. I don't, maybe not so much Tom, but um, definitely me and Jen. Um, if you really like uh, scary games, play the uh, you know the Resident Evil series for sure. Um, they are more on the you know um, horror than spooky side. Um, even though in some of those games, especially the earlier ones, you can have those moments, um, but when you compare it to another series that maybe will get mentioned at some point, or if it comes back around to me, um, <laughs> you know, resident evil is more of your action, you know, um, story. And, and it, the story just gets bad shit. The longer you go on it, it goes from being, it, 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 it kind of follows a fast and furious, um, trajectory <laughs> and not in quality in, in terms of, um, <laughs> it goes from being a very zoomed down, like a very, like, specific thing in the first two games to by the time you're in resident evil six you're going all over the world trying to stop a biohazard weapon from being you know and you're playing seven different characters and and it just goes completely off the rails from what the original um intent of the game was which for the fast and furious references that game started out as a cop investigating a bunch of street racers who were who were um hijacking trucks players. full of dvd players yeah that's um, funny <laughs> and now they uh they might be going to space in the next movie so um <laughs> haven't they confirmed that i don't know I but like, i'm hoping I, I, know, I know the 10th one has to be that's been my goal since um, are they gonna drive one of those cars like on the moon or something and yes, pull a space station out Absolutely of the sky <laughs> so fast and furious is turning into uh saints row at this point yeah, what's yeah. Happening. It, it, it's become anime um <laughs> yep. And but yeah, but for Resident Evil, I I would recommend how to play it would be to play the original first game, either one of probably one of the remakes or the re-remaster, depending on how much you like boob physics. Um, I think the DualShock version is the one that they recommend, the first one. Yeah. So or, you know, don't play the the new one on PS4 and all, which is a longer game. But if you want to get the original spookiness play the PS1 version or the PS Classic or wherever you can play it um, version to just get that fixed cameras, you know, kind of idea of that. And then play the remakes of 2 and 3. Because going back, 2 is a much better game than original 2. And I know that might be one of those statements uh, that's been going around Twitter where people like, what's your opinion that um, makes people pull swords on you? Mm -hmm. Uh, that might be mine, is that remake is better than the original Resident Evil 2. Um, 
and then three either way, but the newer game's easier to find. And then you can play through four and all that. But yeah, it, it's 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 fun to go back. It's a fun um, group game. Like if you're playing with a bunch of friends in a room, you know, Resident Evils um, tend to be pretty fun for that. Yeah, uh, sounds good. Yeah, what do you got, Jen? So my last spooky but fun game actually su- surprised me at how freaky it was, and that's Ocarina of Time. Um, okay. There were several parts of that game where I was like, holy crap, this is really creepy. Um, the I believe they call them Redead Hylians. Those, yeah. they scared the crap out of me, and I don't even know why. Like, I guess because if you run too close to them, they, like, scream at you and they grab you or whatever. I hated running past them. Every single time I would be like, oh, I forgot that they're there. And I'd have to run by them and freak out. <laughs> um, and then there's like the mummy things and the shadow temple. And then probably the freakiest thing in that game was the dead hand monster at the bottom of the well. That like okay. creepy white monster with the really long neck and the huge mouth. And then like all the hands are sticking up out of the ground. You know what I'm talking about, right? I haven't played Ocarina in a while, but. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, it's. It's there. There's a lot of creepy things, even like the shadow temple itself, where there's like blood on the ground, and it's it's yeah. crazy. It's, yeah, uh, I can understand that. Yeah, it's it's a surprisingly creepy game. You know, aside from that, obviously it's super cute and it's great because it's Zelda. But it, there there were some elements in that game where I I felt like I had to include it because you know it's still fun to play as and it's not over the top. But there are some elements of horror in that game which really surprised me and made me enjoy it even more because of that so i felt like felt like i had to mention it here cool yeah i i totally agree i think that some of those games do it better because you're not expecting it yeah exactly (sighs) all right uh i'm kind of going back to games that are definitely creepy uh i'm gonna go with the doom franchise oh yeah (laughs) specifically doom one and doom three doom three is essentially a horror game um it they told kind of like how dead space went from being a horror game to an action game i think doom did it the other way doom one and two were action games doom three is very much a horror game uh because first of all you're very limited it's very dark uh in the in doom three before they did any patching or anything you either had to have a flashlight out or your gun out you couldn't have both so it's pretty funny modders uh made a mod to doom three called duct tape which they assumed that duct tape exists in on on this mars uh whatever installation that you could duct tape a a a flashlight to the bottom of your gun uh but yeah doom three they kind of set it up where you are in, in super small corridors um where you again you either have to have the flashlight or the gun you couldn't have one or the other i'm pretty sure they fixed that later like in the bfg edition or whatever they put out on xbox live later i feel like they changed that but it made it very tense for you as a player to not be able to not be armed at the same time as you finding these monsters from from hell that have invaded this this mars (laughs) space station so if you are into like dead space and games like that doom 3 would probably be right up your uh, I'm more a fan of Doom 1 and 2, where I'm kicking ass and just killing all these imps and devils and everything else popping out of portals. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. uh, yeah. 
coming back to me, um, the game I teased uh, would be on the opposite of Resident Evil would be Silent Hill. And that that game is really creepy uh, in just the look and um, the, the set designs in the game. And the uh, fact that they took a limitation of the PS1 and turned it into probably the scariest thing you can do is having that town be full of fog. Um, you know, since they couldn't oh, yeah. do draw distance and stuff like that, the yep. town was just foggy. And then monsters would just pop out of the fog. And that was the, one of the most amazing things back when I was playing, um, you know, those games for the first time. Is that this limitation that's usually, um, you know, makes games worse is what they used it to improve this game. And I think the first one's really good for lights out, sitting around with a group of people, you know, with candles lit or something um, to play because of, of just the sounds it makes in that. And then Silent Hill 3 is probably the best overall playing and story-wise and look, um, uh, which is why I'm upset that I wish we would have gotten to see what Kojima's Silent Hill looked like. Um, I know. Because this game has so much uh, depth that it can draw from. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, they put it in Dead by Daylight, you know, some yeah. of that stuff. And it's just, yeah. yeah. Go play that game if you uh, just want some kind of old-school scares um you know where they use the tricks they need to use uh at the time because they couldn't show it to you um you know to go through there uh yeah and like a game like a uh i don't know if this is on your list but you know like how a game a similar more recent game is i had cow game like amnesia um mm-hmm. machine for pigs i think is the full name um you know i'm very into saying full names of games when they make sure <laughs> they put a hole in there um <laughs> Because, you know, respect. Respect. Uh, but, um, yeah, that, that plays off the same thing um, of limiting what they had, the budget they had, and using what they could to make you, um, you know, scared. So, uh, and I heard that's what that game I pointed out to you, the Phasmophobia, does. It's, it's very limiting in its graphics and stuff like that, but what they do in that game makes up for that. So, I'm glad that that kind of tradition is going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Jen, you got any, what what kind of like super scary <laughs> story you got? Yeah, I have a bunch. Just to just to mention, obviously, Mark already said this. I had also had Silent Hill and Resident Evil on my list. Um, so I agree with everything, everything that Mark said. Um, I would say the, I mean, I can't, I can't not say Dead by Daylight because, you know, yeah. it's literally my favorite, one of my favorite games of all time. Um just to keep it short and sweet, because I could talk about it for forever. This game has it all to me. It's an online multiplayer. You could be a killer. You could be a survivor. You can customize your characters with skins. The game is still being updated, still being added onto. Um, and of course, obviously, it's scary and intense when you're being chased by a killer and you're trying to hide from one. Um, the music, it's just, it's a really great game. Um, it's super frustrating <laughs> a lot of times. Um, it's just... It's not even that it's super unique. It's just it, all of those things combined in this game. It's just what makes it so amazing to me. It's definitely by far not the scariest game I've ever played. Um, it's just everything rolled up into one that makes it so awesome to me. So if anyone out there really enjoys online multiplayers, um, maybe if you ever like Left 4 Dead or even um, uh, Gears of War Zombies, that mode, I think you should try Dead by Daylight. It's, it's really fun. 
you just have to commit some time to it to actually learn the controls and, and have an idea of the strategy behind it. But it's totally worth it to me if you like horror games. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you you are the you are the queen, so <laughs> everybody should take you take you take you at face value for that. All right. I guess I got. Let's see. Yeah. Unless if Jen's about? got anything else, you this could probably be I, the last one because I'm out. I I have I have one and then a a like honorable mention. Same. So my next one again. I'm going old school because it's my podcast. I do what I want. <laughs> um, it's System Shock. I know a lot of people have probably not played System Shock one or two, but they're kind of the precursors to Bioshock. Oh, cool. Um, you're a hacker, and you get caught trying to hack into this super like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cyberpunk company that's this big corporation, and they they find out it's you, and they they throw you in like a dungeon. And you have a certain amount of time to get out, like like you, and you can you you can augment yourself with different things, kind of like cyberpunk is going to be. Um, but at, there's always it's a first person um, adventure game. It's not a shooter per se, because it's not really built for that. It's kind of more like a Skyrim ish type deal, but it's way older. Um, but it's very, very creepy. The way that this corporation uh, just has this control over everything, and there's this AI that's trying to kill you, kind of like Gladys, Glados in um, what's it called in Portal. Yeah. It's kind of very similar to that. <clears throat> um, this AI keeps getting smarter and keeps doing whatever it can. It keeps sending robots and uh, androids after you, and you have to just. You, there's times where you have to figure out if this android is actually trying to help me or if it's trying to kill me and i don't really know <laughs> so there's a lot of uh decision making and uh time you have to spend deciding whether or not things are trying to kill you or not and it's just very creepy because you don't know who's on your side and who's not until the end so that sounds awesome uh also i'm going to plug twitch prime because or excuse me prime gaming is they have system shock I think two on there for free right now. Oh. Uh, and they often go for sale for super cheap on uh, GOG and Steam. So keep an eye out for that. If you're into old school, like DOS era, uh, first person games like that. Cool. Okay. So the other game that you guys have mentioned was on my list, Dead Space. Um, mm -hmm. This game was probably, probably one of the scariest games I've ever played. Um, it's, if you don't know, it's a super intense survival horror game that takes place on a, um, you can't really call it abandoned spaceship type thing, but it's, um, it's, it's really intense. You're constantly surrounded by these hostile monsters, things. Um, the visuals in this game are absolutely incredible and also extremely disturbing. Um, there are mutated undead babies that crawl on the walls. Oh, there nice. are these things called necromorphs, which are kind of like humanoid, undead monster zombie things, and they have all different um, mutations of them. Um, they, some of them fake that they're like you walk by all these corpses, and there's actually one hiding in there, and it jumps out at you, which is terrifying. It sounds um, right up my alley. Yeah, 
there's this giant tentacle beast that you don't really see, but it's gigantic and it pops out and can drag you to your death. Um, the bosses in this game are just mind blowing. Mo- oh my God, I can't even talk. Mind blowingly <laughs> terrifying. Um, the the half of the time in the game, like the gravity will just switch off and you won't be able to get away from something or you're involved in a chase and you like have to just keep running and you hear something stomping behind you. It's just, it's, it's crazy. There's like puffs of air that, you know, just like a spaceship would do like while you're walking by and everything in this game scares the living crap out of me. (laughs) And I freaking love it so much. Um, This game actually got so intense that I would actually make Dan play during certain parts because there were so many chases that I just couldn't handle being a part of. Um, so yeah, this, this game is one of my favorite games, horror games, and I would highly recommend if anyone wants to have the shit scared out of them, this would be a really great game to try. And it's not that long. I think it's only like 15 or 20 hours long. There you go. Mark, do you have any more or should I, or should I go to my, you you guys go, I'm done. I'm out. Okay. I have, I, I just have a, a, an honorable mention because it's again, it's not a scary game whatsoever, but. The original DuckTales, the moon level, uh, very, very creepy. Very creepy as like a six-year-old playing DuckTales. Just the, <laughs> the music, all of a sudden, the super changes compared to what it is previously. And there's like Spaceman and you don't, it's very, it's very, um, the it's a very big juxtaposition from the rest of the game. Like the rest of the game is somewhat normal and then all of a sudden you're on the moon so (laughs) it it very very much will throw you off if you're not ready for it Mm -hmm. but it's awesome music but it's just it's just a little creepy getting sent up there that's interesting and then the theme is awesome too if you didn't already mention that (laughs) of course original ducktales themed awesome no 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 the moon theme yes that's what i mean yes the moon theme yeah yeah they uh they put lyrics to it was that what they did in a new cartoon um somewhere I think so. I think they included that somewhere in there. Yeah, it's like uh, sort of an Easter egg. Yeah. To be able to play the game. That's cool. Um, so my honorable mention was or is Outlast. Um, can't say I 100% enjoy this game because it's that scary <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, but I felt like I was cheating it to not put it on the list because like Dead Space, it is a super intense survival horror game where you start out as a reporter and and you've been given a tip um to go to this um mental institution and kind of expose them for all the shady stuff that they've been doing and your main objective is to like collect files or something like the proof basically and your main objective very quickly changes to get the fuck out of here which it literally (laughs) says except it's like you're on the third floor get the fuck out of the third floor and then you're on the second floor and it's get the hell out of here like it's just a race against time to get out of wherever you are and just leave because you're like, screw it. I don't even care anymore. I just don't want to die. There are things that chase you constantly. Um, everything looks the same. It's in the dark. Your batteries run out of your camera. And that's the only way you could see in the dark because it's the night vision. Um, your character is constantly like terrified where you can hear him like breathing and panting and like groaning. And there's just creepy mental patients that are, um, like cults basically it's like a cult that's formed in this mental mental institution so some of them are insane some of them are just totally catatonic there's dead bodies everywhere blood guts you, i can't even it's just it's, it's wild wobbly. 
it is wild. <laughs> I think it's on Twitch still. I don't think it ran out. It might be close to expiring. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, go to our Twitch. We'll plug it later. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't not mention that game. I'm not really looking forward to finishing it because it gave me such an intense, like, anxiety-ridden three hours of playing. But I have to finish it at the same time. So yeah, I wanted to mention Outlast. Do it. Okay. All right. Well, that 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 about covers it for our spooky game section. We got a lot of good choices in there. So if you if you like like super creepy stuff, go with Jen's suggestions. If you're not so into it, go with mine and Mark's suggestions. Uh, Mark has some the good thrillers. I feel like Silent Hill and and stuff yeah. like that. I feel like yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, go for that. But on a super non creepy level. <laughs> Let's talk about our retro roulette game this week, which was Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Or not Brawl, well, excuse me, well, Melee. That, that, that's how much, that statement depends on how much you're not creeped out by a uh, giant hand not attached to anything attacking you. Yeah. <laughs> true. This is very true. This is very true. Um, so, for those who don't know, Super Smash Brothers Melee is kind of the reason that Smash Brothers still exists. And the reason you still see GameCube-style controllers p- everywhere um, because Smash players latched onto the GameCube controller in this game and never wanted to give it away. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is for a while was the only Smash game that they would play at like the big tournaments like Evo and stuff until Nintendo stepped in and said, "Listen, we're not going to give you any money if you don't if you don't do the new Smash game." So that's kind of the reason that new Smash games are played at evo because they didn't want them playing uh melee anymore yeah i think they were gonna basically cease and desist on them yeah pretty much they didn't change games <laughs> yeah so this is arguably the best smash brothers game i say that because i've played them all and i am not good at any of them so uh let's i guess let's start with let's start with mark yeah uh yes. and go go from there so essentially, uh, playing through this game in any Smash Brothers game, it took me years to figure out that there was actually like a button strategy, and it wasn't just mashing. Um, yeah. That like there were B down moves and A up moves or whatever um, to to do things. Um, so once I figured that out years later, it, it made playing through these games better. Um, but I still don't get the. I'm not any good at fighting games to begin with. Um, this is probably the one I'm best at. Um, but I, I just even playing through this again, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm a little older now. Give it a give another chance. Maybe you know, now that I know their set moves, maybe I'll like melee better. But it's just, yeah, I can't get into it as a like serious fighting game. Um, I'm still like just having. I would just pick a funny character to fight somebody with, more than picking somebody to be like a main or figure out move sets and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. That, that being said, this game's real good um, it, compared to uh, I played Brawl a bunch because um, my nieces had it on Wii. Uh, yeah. But I think the newest one I played at your house probably is my best just from the sheer chaoticness and the characters choices you have. Um, but I can see why this game in particular um, with the controls that it has with the GameCube stuff is the one that that like sticks in the minds of the hardcore players um, to the points that they figured out how to allow you to play it online through Dolphin and all that stuff. Um, and it's just, 
it, it, I recommend that if you want to see if you like these games, I would start with this one and not the 64 one. Um, yes. Because, uh, yeah, this one is a, a lot less complicated um, and has better a better roster um, to go through. So, um, yeah, that, that's basically my opinion um, on it. Um, I will play it at group outings with friends, but I don't. I'm not going to sit there and grind out to get all the characters. I'm going to hope my friends done that before I went to his house. All right. How about you, Jen? I know you are kind of in that era that Smash was a, more of a big deal, I feel mm-hmm. like. I feel like I yeah. kind of missed it. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Um. So this is a game Um. I've played so much, I guess. Like you said, I th- I feel like... It was huge. Like when I was getting into games, this this game was huge, obviously. So I really, really like this game. Um, I have a ton of amazing memories. Like I guess the, my favorite part of it is that it's pretty much timeless, like you guys have said. Um, you know, I have these amazing memories of playing this game in college with a big group of my friends in like our dorm rooms or in, in the dorm basement and just having just an all out party and just having a great time with it. Um you know, obviously it has everyone's pretty much everyone's top favorite Nintendo characters, which obviously never gets old. Um, and if you really work at this game, you also get the unlockable things like the unlockable characters and the arenas. Um, and I looked it up just to find out how many there are because I didn't remember. There's apparently 29, which is a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you start out with 18, I believe, and then you can unlock 11. So I think that that's a really nice perk to it as well. Um, of course, it comes with the obvious obvious negatives the camera angles in this game are always frustrating and when it's zoomed out so far that it's impossible pretty much to tell where you are on the map it frustrates the hell out of me especially when you're in the group of a big battle um and then I literally lose myself where I am on the map and I usually only find out where I was as soon as I get kicked off and like go flying and I'm like oh there I was so I mean that's it's it's a negative to me but it's also part of what makes the game fun um when you're you know a little bit closer up and battling it's really great um my smash main is kirby who apparently is bullshit he is he's total <laughs> bullshit <laughs> he's a new character i love kirby but i also like uh metroid and chic and peach <laughs> i feel like this is an online dating profile for super smash um i enjoy pokeballs as my weapon of choice because obviously i'm a pokemon fan but i also like that it's random and charizard is my favorite yeah. And yeah, I just overall <laughs> really like the game. So there's not much for me to complain about. Although, unfortunately, like Mark said, he learned the buttons. I just button smash most of the time. I know that there is obviously a right way to do it, but I just lose myself in the game sometimes and I just smash buttons. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Like, that's my biggest problem with these games is I get lost all the time when i'm playing them and not even like even in the newer games where the screen is way bigger and it's not a 4-3 image um it i still get lost even if it's four players so, so somehow i can't find where i'm supposed to be on the map <laughs> until like i'm getting tossed off the map or something <laughs> like that yeah um but this game definitely the controls are really tight they're really good um they you can see why they based pretty much every Smash game off this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still use that same control scheme from the first game, or the first, this game, rather than the 64 game. Because you, 
it's weird because you never see people want to use an N64 controller to play Smash, even though that was the first controller that they made it for. They want to use that GameCube controller. Obviously, there is a reason, because they played the shit out of this game. I kind of missed this era, because I did not have a GameCube, and I didn't know anybody else who had one. So I kind of missed the whole Smash phenomena, even though I went back and I bought the one for the Wii when it came out. I played it. I was like, eh, whatever. But this one, I feel like, is the the pinnacle, I guess. It's the OG of the... of smash so single player leaves some things to be desired i mean it's just like every other smash game the main point of the single player is to unlock character after that it's a party game you need to play with more than you need to play with four people you kind of don't get the same experience if you are playing with just by yourself and but now it makes it a lot better because you can play online but back then you had to have you know you had to have four people get they were able to get together and play the game split screen. Well, it's not even split screen; it's one giant screen. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, even though I, I, I use a noob character too. I use Link, who's a total noob character. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No judgments. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I highly recommend it to anyone who has not played a Smash game. Play this one before you play um, any of the newer ones. Because you can, you can, you can emulate the free <laughs> and see what it's all about. Um, uh, did you guys hear that? I didn't hear anything. No, what? Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess let's get some scores. What do you, yeah. Jen? Let's uh, let's get your score. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it's high. Yeah, it's definitely high. Um, I do like what Mark said though. I will not play this game on my own. I will only play it in a party. With other people. So um, I can't give it a five, but I would give it a 4.5 because right. it is hilarious and chaotic and obviously rewarding when you win. So that is my score. Okay. Mark? Yeah. So um, I'm going four. Um, it's it's a really well done game. Um, you can see all the love that Sakurai puts into this game. Um, it just, I wish the, I wish I was better at fighting games, to be completely honest. I think I would have more fun with this game, but it is the perfect party game. We'll probably end up playing it on Extra Life, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, at some point or even future Extra Lives, um, you know, because it's a game that'll never go out of style. It's yeah. like it's it's like that old thing that was going around Twitter. Uh, you know, Smash Brothers is definitely that like uh, epic crossover event, you know, sort of mm-hmm. thing where you get all these characters from now friggin' Minecraft is in it. Um, <laughs> you know, crazy. A, a, across everything. Um, the only great thing about Minecraft being in the game now is that there is now a Kirby, uh, Minecraft character. Perfect. Um, so he, he looks like a little pink block and it's kind of amazing. Aww. Um, <laughs> you know, cause that the, the best part about it so is much. that Sa- Sakurai <laughs> is the Kirby developer. So obviously he, thinks of the characters with how the Kirby will look in mind. Yeah. So it's, it's always kind of funny um, to see that, but um, yeah, it is definitely a great time for, um, you know, friends and stuff like that. So, yes, I, I agree with both of you hold wholeheartedly. I, I'm giving it a four, uh, but I can't give it a five because it is basically a multiplayer only game. Um, and it's just a lot of fun, it, especially if you 
if you have a lot of friends that like to play this kind of game, it is perfect because they don't really make games like this anymore. Besides Smash itself, there aren't really many uh, party games that you can get for four to eight people over and play play a crazy game and have a lot of fun and people not get mad. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is a game you can't really get mad at, if that makes any sense. And then there's Mario Kart. <laughs> and then there's right, Mario Kart's totally different. Yep. <laughs> you can get totally get mad at Mario Kart, but I feel yep. like Smash is not the same kind of game. That's very true. Uh so yeah. So I'm giving it a four and it is time to spin the wheel. Interesting. We have a Dreamcast game. Ooh. Nice. We're playing Sonic Adventure. Oh. Man, how does this happen? Like <laughs> it we totally landed on isn't it a Sonic and a Sega anniversary that like now? Like it just I happened? Because they released Sonic 2 for free on Steam because of I think I want to say it's a Sega one of Sega's anniversaries. I can't I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I heard I heard there's a great whale scene. Yeah, I heard that too. It's uh, it's pretty awesome from what I heard. So, full disclosure, I have played this game for about five minutes. I loaded it up to make sure it worked, and that was it. Now, Mark owning a Dreamcast at launch, I'm thinking I, I probably had this played game the for shit. A day, okay, um, and uh, then I traded it in for NFL 2. Oh man. Uh oh. <laughs> so I so played it for be... a few hours. This will be okay. interesting, um, right? <laughs> it, I think here's the thing. I think it's one of those games that is probably better than it was thought of then just because of how different it was from any other Sonic game that had come out at that point. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a lot of the negativity back then. Um, so the, um, you know, being different is probably what held it back. So it's probably a little bit better than I remember it being, but not a whole lot. I heard Sonic Adventure 2 is the good one um, of, of the Sonic Adventures. Uh but yeah, it'll be interesting to go back. I don't think I've played it since um, 9-9 and 9-10-99. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, this should, this should be fun. I can't wait to hear your uh, your thoughts and opinions on it. Yeah. All right. It's been it's been a long couple of yeah. weeks, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the next couple will be even better because we're playing Sonic Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Mark, do you want to plug all of our other family of podcasts yeah. we got going? Yeah, so we have our D&D podcast, Stranger Damies, airs every Wednesday. Um, you can search for it, uh, Stranger Damies, on anywhere you get your podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Stranger Damies, uh, so feel free to go there. Uh, remember, um, all questions and fan art, go to that account. Any um, complaints, go to at the Aquino 122 on Twitter. <laughs> um, for our movie podcast, it's uh, They Call This a Movie, um, so uh Search They Call This a Movie wherever you get your podcast. Um, that is on the um, uh, feed on Instagram and Twitter for the main Damie, which is our main website, where you'll find links to all of our podcasts. Um, and Ant, as I mentioned, is writing up 31 different reviews for horror movies um, that he's never seen before this month. So, uh, you know, uh, it's a pretty busy month over at themaindamie.com. Um, and then... You know, obviously we have Extra Life coming up November 7th. Um, it'll be 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, we'll be starting off with a session of Stranger Damies. And then um, you'll be able to see us play all bunch of games, RPGs, maybe first-person shooters, Jackbox, retro games. 
just everything. If you have suggestions, feel free to send it to Twitter. Um, any one of the Twitters we have, because um, one of us will see it uh, there. Um, I should have the website up soon. Um, we got a little delayed because of the, um, you know, being sick last week. Uh, so once that's up, that's where you'll be able to donate. The Tony URL will be on one of our um, uh, uh, Twitter accounts or on all of them. Um, and remember, we are uh, raising money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Um, that is what the Extra Life Marathon is for. Um, and if you can't donate um, on the 7th, uh, feel free to donate anytime between when the site goes live and the end of the year. Um, we will read your donation on air no matter when it comes through. Um, if you can't donate, we completely understand that. It's been a rough year. Um, but as long as you, we rec you know, we'd appreciate it if you could signal boost the stream and the donation page um, or just join us in chat on November 7th and just, you know, interact with us and just uh, keep us sane through that. Um, that all that will work out um, for us. Um, so, yeah, once again, November 7th, Saturday, um, we start at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So um, look forward to seeing you all there. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. Cannot wait. All right, Jen, you want to hit all of our stream information? Sure. So you can find us live on Twitch most days during the week. Tuesday is like our solid day off. And then Monday, it's like every other Monday. But um, we're usually streaming some game at some time during the week. Um, you can search for us at Game Vault Pod on Twitch. And that's also where you can find us on Instagram and Twitter as well. Twitter is always the best place to um, go if you'd like to know when we're streaming. Um, and if we have any changes or updates or announcements, that's where it'll be first as well. Um, and then if you check out our Twitch and you miss some of our streams, you can actually go to YouTube and you could check them all out there. It's tinyurl.com slash the game vault. And lastly, if you want to send us an email, we're always open to suggestions on what you want to see us play. Constructive criticisms and feedback is always welcome as well. That's video damies with a D at gmail.com. Um, and then I believe our next stream is going to be, um, so it's Monday right now, which is retro roulette. Um, and then the next stream will be Wednesday with Warzone Wednesday, where the three of us play Call of Duty Warzone. Thursday is Trails Thursdays with Mark when he plays Trails in the Sky and I hang out in the chat. And then Friday will be Friday Fright Fest. And then Sunday will be Strategy Sunday with Dan and Mark, where it's just kind of like a grab bag stream. And then um, we skip Monday, Tuesday, and then we're back with Warzone Wednesdays. Just a quick run through of our stream schedule for you. Awesome. Yes. Lots going on. We're 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 kind of like finally hitting a stride. I feel like with our yeah. all of our stuff, <laughs> uh, and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm happy that we have people hanging out with us and following us and subscribing. Uh, something else you can do to help us out: we are an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. Stone Age Gamer is an online store that has all kinds of retro gaming uh, accessories, controllers. Uh, they have they have flashcards, which if you don't know what a flashcard is, um, we may do we may, we may do an episode on flashcards. We'll see. We'll see how we feel about it. Uh, flashcards are very useful tools. That's what we're going to call them. Um, they also have, you know, they have anything you could possibly need for retro consoles. Um, and they have some cool PC controllers, too, if you if you like using retro style controllers on PC. So feel free to check that out. Uh, we have a link in our description here. Uh, any any purchase you make through that link uh, gives us a little kickback, uh, and 
allows us to do these podcasts and streams and stuff for you guys. So uh, any help is greatly appreciated. Um, I want to thank Mark and Jenny for joining me yet again uh, for, you know, working our way through all of this crap. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a good time. So everyone out there, stay safe, be nice to each other. Uh, And for Mark and Jenny, I'm Tom, and we'll catch you guys in the next one.